You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Tell the tackle, the defensive end, if he's over, if he's not, you drive down the first man who is inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one shows. Go right by them and feel this side. YN has the linebacker taken out. That's inside. If YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. So look at this play. What we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside tonight, Tim, live in Green Bay. Tim, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. Good to be here. Yeah, ready to talk a little Packers, right? We got the injury report out. We got all kinds of good stuff going on tonight. Just trying to get updated and, and stay up to date, I guess you could say. Getting ready to uh, go into the weekend there against the Falcons, man. I'm excited to watch that matchup for sure. We may have Jake Shavink joining us as well from the It's Always Draft Season podcast. If he can carve out a few minutes, he may hop on here as well. So we're excited about that. Want to go to the chat and just say uh, what's up to everybody. We got the PTA posse out in full force. We got Eric Sutherland in the house. We got Scott Slot, Mano, Janelle. We got Larry. We've got uh, Elevated Sean. Doug, Goose in the house, all right. Zane Strong, Emilio, got his name changed. I'm digging it. We know who Emilio is now, not the uh, the other YouTube name you had before, man. Um, let's see, we got Cheesehead Murph, one of the uh, one of the uh, co-presidents of the Packernet Posse, him and Eric Sutherland. Uh, let's see here. We got Goose already uh, already talking about important stuff. It's too early for that, Goose, too <laughs> on early. We got Gray Matter in the house. Uh, Dane Stromstad, he's a uh, PTA Posse Pro. Appreciate you dropping in, Dane, uh, for sure. The Morak, Stephen Smith, United Bates, everybody filing in here. Way too many to mention, but thank you guys for tuning in. Tim, let's jump right into it, man. I'm excited to, uh, to kind of – it's one of those things with the injury report where I was excited to see it, but I'm also kind of going – what's it gonna be right yeah let's go ahead and put it up here on the screen and we'll read it off and i want to get your initial impressions so uh, basically with the packers you've got david bakhtiari with veteran rest i don't know how you feel tim but i hope i, I don't care if he practices all year if he plays like he did the other day i'm all about it right <laughs> like i i could care less if he practices for the rest of the year we got a surprise guest jacob in the house good stuff um so let's see uh we've also got romeo dobbs with a hamstring limited participation uh rashawn gary knee limited participation elton jenkins knee limited participation anthony johnson jr full participation um hey. we've got a uh, aaron jones uh did not participate with the hamstring Quay Walker is in concussion protocol, and then Christian Watson did not participate. However, I do have a, a note here on Christian Watson that came in. I'm trying to remember. I think it might have been Rob Domofsky that said it, but um, obviously he's got the hamstring he's dealing with, he, he being Christian Watson, and he had his helmet with him during stretching, 
tonight or today, I should say. Um, but he kind of practiced on the side, right? He did some stuff on the sideline there as Jake joins us as well. So I think Christian is getting closer. The fact that he took his helmet out there with him kind of made you wonder, Tim, hey, is he going to get out there and practice, right? Well, at least that's the way he was feeling, right? You know, he was ready in his mind probably to to be back out there. Um, but, uh, man, we'd really like to see him sooner than later. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. We pop up the injury report here on Atlanta's side. you got Troy Anderson's in concussion protocol as well. He's a linebacker. He, he graded out in the 50s PFF last week, but he is a starting linebacker. Calius Campbell got veteran rest, did not participate. Jeff Okuda, limited participation. Cordell Patterson Patterson um, with the thigh injury, full participation. So they, they're probably going to have a full backfield now. And then Jonu Smith got veteran rest as well. So they're fairly uh, – they are fairly healthy, wouldn't you say there, Mr. Jake Shavink? Yeah, how's it going, guys? Sorry, I had to take care of something real quick before I hopped on. My bad. Uh, oh, you're good, man. You're good. Yeah, they seem relatively healthy overall. Uh, we know they love to to throw a lot of tight ends and running backs out there. Uh, with, with Patterson healthy, that just makes them a little bit more positionless on offense. We know they've thrown Bijan in the slot. As well, they get him in motion. They're probably going to do the same thing with Patterson. And yeah, as long as you know that that Anderson injury doesn't uh, doesn't hamper them, I think they're going to be pretty much full go. Which not a lot of teams can say, even after one week. So, hey, it's it's a game against a, a team that's going to be competitive. Uh, I think throughout this this run to the playoffs in the NFC. So, anytime you're facing a team with full health, you know. Just bring that extra set of motivation to the game, you know. So, yeah, I'm excited for this one, though. I am too, man. This is one that you kind of circled on the schedule earlier when we talked. I remember. I'm excited oh. to see how it unfolds for sure. Goose in the chat mm-hmm. said, just researched the game, uh, though I question how much we can learn from the Bears. I have a same similar feeling. Um, I'm still very happy with the Packers' performance aside from run blocking. I completely agree, Goose. Jacob, as far as the injury report, I don't know how much of that you got before you hopped on. Um, how you feeling about the injuries? Obviously, you got Quay Walker still in concussion protocol, and then Christian Watson carrying his helmet around, but uh, did not practice with the team. Yeah, man. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I hopped on here very last minute at the last second. I've been working all day. Haven't really got a chance other than just scrolling at work like a horrible boy. You know what I mean? Like just <laughs> taking, taking many pee breaks to just check out what's going on. You know what I mean? So, uh, um, I, I. What I would like to think is that I hope we got, uh, I, I hope we got Jonesy back and and um, man, I just I don't know. I mean, Jake Shavink, when, when number one, when I saw that Jake Shavink, I got replaced by another Jake. We got Jake on the block. Jake from State Farm just all of a sudden just jumped on this thing. Roadhouse. <laughs> hey. Everybody's replaceable, including me. Believe oh me. <laughs> I'm, 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 um, you know, all of a sudden the injury list got a lot bigger than we thought it was. We were blessed going through training camp, mini camp. Didn't look like that long of a list. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, all right. But a lot of these guys um, seem as if they're more cautionary type stuff. So I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, and we saw what we did last week without Christian. And, you know, I, I very much hope that we have him. More than that, I really hope, though, that we have Jones because um, it, it just seems like he is the heart and soul of this team at this moment right now. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And Goose said in the chat, I feel a lot better about Sunday if we have Watson and Jones, if they were both back. Um, definitely Jones, you know, Christian, I can kind of, I can kind of hold up a little bit, right? You know, I can wait another week. I don't think it's going to be a huge factor against the Falcons, but Jonesy, man, that, that offense ran through Jones last week. Tim, what an X factor Aaron Jones was last week, dude. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, LaFleur, I guess said, we're going to give him kind of the rest of the week was kind of the, the, the game plan with him is, you know, he didn't practice today. If he does at all, I'm I'm assuming it'll be limited, if at all, until uh, Sunday. So, and again, a guy we talked about, you know, you've got to you got to really watch his load uh, management and something like a tweaked hamstring for Jones. You know, you got to give him time, and I think he'll be fine. Hopefully, we we have him. If not, you know, next man up. You know, what are are we already thinking about? You know, who else we're going to see out there? What is your what are your guys' thoughts on? Let's just play devil's advocate. There's no Aaron Jones on Sunday. Who are, who are we looking at back there with uh, Dylan? Yeah, I think it would be Patrick Taylor. Do you agree, Jake? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I don't think Green Bay would have it any other way, honestly. I mean, they get they got Taylor a few carries, obviously, down the stretch there when the game was out of hand. That was good to see. Uh, they they like Taylor a lot. I mean, we. I think we've all kind of hammered that nail for most of the training camp when talking about who was making the 53. So I imagine it's going to be Taylor because of the experience, right? I, I know that green Bay has been very comfortable throwing out inexperience so far. <laughs> uh, you know, they're getting Musgrave out there with snaps. They're getting Reed with snaps. I am totally good with that. Uh, it would be nice to just kind of lean on some veterans at running back though, uh, especially in a game where it feels like, Clock control could be, you know, a big part of this sucker just because I think there are two teams that there was a piece I saw that came out today. Brooke Pryor wrote about it, and it's like the big play is like the explosive play is dead. I thought it was really interesting, right? <laughs> like how teams are forcing you to just hit singles. And it's like, oh, Packers and Falcons, they've, they've always operated. It feels like now they're just they've already operated under that assumption. They've they've come into the season operating that way. It's just like, yeah, let's throw four tight ends rotate four tight ends out there, three different backs and not worried about it. Yeah. No doubt. Doug in the chat said Dylan in a dome doesn't thrill me. You know, it's funny. He, he, I seen some statistics shared earlier today, um, Jacob about, uh, about AJ Dylan and, and how he kind of struggles in September and the colder the weather gets, the better he gets. You know, it's like the German restaurant here in town. We got a German restaurant that is just phenomenal. But it's got to be below 50 degrees for you can eat there. You'll throw up on your shoes coming out. I mean, it's just so <laughs> heavy, right? It's like when you when you get into the cold weather months, it's like, all right, we're all meeting at Friedberg's, guys. That's where we're going tonight, right? But uh, same thing with A.J. Dillon, right? I mean, he just seems to turn it on in the cold weather, don't he, Jacob? Uh, yeah, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I just – I love the guy as a person, as like he, he, he declared himself the mayor of, you know, Door County. It's like – and he basically – literally said he's like yeah i'll stay here my whole life take a pay cut but i need you to start running aj because if not we can't justify even a pay cut keeping it like like jake said i mean we got guys like and it, it's weird to me jake if you can comment on this we were all very excited for emmanuel wilson to get that that last running back slot but all of a sudden we're now we're bringing up patrick taylor so what does that tell you i guess about what we think of what they could do does that to you signify that um they like Wilson's potential in the future, but right now they trust 
you know, Patrick's ability in the game. I, I, yeah, I think you nailed it. I think they were, I think at least it feels like they were concerned that somebody was going to, to grab Wilson if they stat, tried to stash him on the practice squad. Right. Uh, and they're like, well, we got to have him up uh, on the roster. Even if he doesn't get snaps this year, almost a red shirt him. And, and yeah, I agree. They, they like Taylor and that's fine. That, that experience works for me, uh, <laughs> but it's going to be, yeah, it'll be significantly different. Obviously if it's, if it's Dylan and, and Taylor spearheading things with Jones out, there's, there's not a whole lot of juice there. And yeah. Emmanuel Wilson definitely provided some juice in the preseason. So you never know if Jones is out on Sunday. You never know. But it does Janelle, seem like that's what they think. Janelle really hit it in the chat. She said, Wilson has more speed. Dylan and Taylor are much better at protecting the passer. Yeah. You could tell that's where the value is in Patrick Taylor. Although when he does get the rock, man, he seems to uh, seems to carry pretty well, especially there off the yeah. edge for a, for what I feel like is a, a bigger back, not necessarily bigger than AJ, obviously. But um, yeah, it's going to be uh, going to be interesting to see how who's active on game day, right? And and let's hope, like you said, this is all devil's advocate. Let's hope that Aaron Jones is ready to go, and I think he will be. I, I mean, he yeah. didn't come out for practice today, which means he was probably getting treatment in the facility, right? And just the way that he kind of responded there on the sideline, and everything, making the motion toward the camera after he pulled the hammy <laughs> or, or might have been a cramp or whatever. I feel good about him playing this week. I think it'll also come down to as far as how much how many carries he'll get. Kind of like the Bears too, you know. If it's a close game, they'll probably keep him in if he is healthy, right? If we pull pull away by a couple tuds, then hey, let's sit him. Let's let's kind of ease ease on down the stretch there for sure. Um, man, I'll tell you what, AJ Dillon dominating. This wasn't in the notes, but we'll roll with it. We got plenty of questions. <laughs> Who says? What are your thoughts on Dillon by advanced stats and PFF? He's been a top ten running back basically the last three years, but it feels like he is constantly stuffed in the backfield. Is is it the O line or him? My personal opinion, I want to get everybody's opinion on this. You know, we're going to actually, we'll jump right into the next segment here with a Ben Fennel tweet, if you guys are good with it, on the running game. And I think this kind of answers the Favorite question. Thank you for the super chat. We're going to get to that in just a second, buddy. We appreciate you. Um, so, Ben Fennel tweeted this out. I'm going to go ahead and share it real quick. Let me get that comment down while I'm thinking about it. All right. So, Ben Fennel tweeted this out. He said, formations and run schemes. No one put more on film than the Packers in week one. LaFleur gave opponents a ton to prep for. Inside zone, outside zone, slash split flow, power, counter, duo, sweeps, crack top, pin and pull, triple option. <laughs> and from uh, from under center, gun, pistol, WTF is what Ben <laughs> Fennel said. Now, some of you guys, you, you see those and you know what most of those mean. I want to talk about split split flow for just a second. A lot of people don't know what that means, and then we'll kind of talk about um, – so this play right here, I just drew it up real quick. This is a split flow play, okay? Yeah. And Jacob, this is what you call a sift block, baby. Look at that Y. Oh, right there. God. So, <laughs> so it's basically, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of that mid zone type run. And I want to, I want people to understand why it's important to have that sift block and why split flow plays a huge role in the running game. I want you to focus on the left tackle, okay? If you look at the left tackle, notice how he's completely ignoring the right end. That sift block from the Y is what allows that to happen. So if you allow your left tackle to double down on that 2-I at D tackle and then work his way to the mic, what you're doing is you're gaining a hat, 
Okay, you're basically you're coming out plus one there in the running game. It's what Coach uh, Coach Han referred to as still in a gap, right? You're you're kind of coming out plus one there, and you can see where the double team on the right side, the center and the guard double teaming uh, that two eye on the opposite side, working their way to the Sam, right? And and that's an inside zone run. So really, that's what they mean by split flow. I've always heard it called split zone, but there's many people that call it split uh, split flow. Um, to the best of my knowledge, it really got popular in Philadelphia a few years ago and really quite some time ago. I believe Ross Tucker was talking about them running in Philadelphia some time ago. But, Jake, what did you think about the different variations that Ben Fennel was talking about as far as all those different types of, of run? I mean, and if you had to pick out maybe two or three here, do you think they're going to go into this week as versatile or do you think they're going to kind of crack down based off of what you've seen out of the Atlanta Falcons. I know you've been watching the tape like me. How do you think they'll attack in the running game? Yeah, I I love that honestly this is my favorite tweet of the week and it just it it really just shows up and it, and when you watch the film you're like, man, you just that you have no idea. Even with even when they trot out, you know, different personnel when they're bringing out, you know, 13 when they get two backs and they feel like you you just don't necessarily always know what's coming and that's going to be the most difficult challenge for atlanta their their defensive line there's so much that goes into like all right well we're playing outside zone where do you need to be like what what do you have to prevent what gap is are you responsible for right like you know zone zone is defeating it sometimes it's defeating reach blocks right like you you have to defeat those and when you know you're running you know duo and 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 power there's there's different responsibilities the dts have to you know stand their ground against double teams right and and you have to ask your linebackers to do more so there's so much that a front seven has to prepare for now and and so much that that the defensive coordinator all week is like all right well this is our responsibility for this and if they come out with this this we have to do this there's so much you have to to play around with and with a team that honestly, I don't love their edge rushes right now. I still was a big fan of Epic Haiti in the draft. I just don't think he's quite there yet uh, as a three down player. He's, he seems like he's a better pass rusher to this point. They've got Dupree out there playing outside linebacker. Lorenzo Carter's been, been pretty good rushing the passer. Uh, So if they really want to, you know, hammer things home this week, Honestly, and even now thinking about it, Anyamata and Jarrett have been really good pass rushers. So I don't <laughs> think like they're equipped to necessarily handle double teams. So I think you could see duo. I think you could see zone where you know you got you got guys that are going to be able to win the edge at, at the tackle positions and and give you know your running backs a chance if they want to bounce things out fine. If they don't, I think they're going to have a lot of cutback options, especially all the way back you know to the backside edge rusher. So. They can stay multiple as multiple as they want in this game. Honestly, it's just going to come down to can we get, you know, a bigger a bigger step forward from that interior group this week. Yeah, I think it's very well said. Uh, another thing that I noticed, Tim, um, this week, watching the tape from Falcons Panthers, you know, the two picks that Jesse Bates, uh, the third guy, were on single high looks. So I just assumed they must have been the single high all day. I went back and watched the tape. Man, they had two on the shelf most of the day, right? If they attack Green Bay with two on the shelf, hey, let's run some duo. Let's let's pound it between the between the tackles. And you know what? Yeah. If Aaron Jones can't go, Tim, then that kind of feeds right into what AJ Dillon does best, right? Oh, I agree. And I, that was something I was going to ask you guys. At what point do we, you know, look at are are we calling the right plays? You know, this is not a knock on Lafleur, but 
but when Dylan's out there carrying the ball, how are we, how are we catering to his strengths? Um, you know, beyond, uh, you know, whatever else we think about him, we, we discussed pad level last night. You know, I feel like he should be keeping his pad level a little lower on some of these runs, especially the inside runs. Um, but I think, uh, Jones is going to play this weekend, so we're not going to, we're not going to have to worry too much. I'm just going to try and stay positive. But, uh, I think when you, when you went over, uh, Mr. Fennel's tweet there, that the thing that I liked the best was, you know, under center shotgun and pistol, a pretty good, uh, we had a pretty good disbursement, uh, of these sets. So, um, I like to see that. I don't, I, I don't like to get too, too much under, under center and I don't like too much shotgun. I like the fact that uh, Coach LaFleur is mixing it up. Yeah, I do too. And, Jacob, man, you guys, you remember the preseason, what I was saying. I think that, that Jordan's kind of sneaky quick, right? And I want to see some speed option. I want to see some triple option. I want to see some read option. We ran it two times in the first quarter, got stuffed, and I was going, don't do that no more. Don't do that no more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I jumped ship so quick. But uh, how do you want to see this running game perform, Jacob? Man, I'm just on that point, just specifically with Jordan Love, um, I, I talked about how I thought that he was a sneaky from what my perspective is, what I do is the fantasy football. I'm like, yo, you guys are sleeping on a guy that's possibly going to be throwing at least 3,500 yards and he could possibly run for 600. I don't know. And I said that Jordan Love has sneaky good talent. He does not look to run, but if he has to run, he's very capable. And we've... Sh- it, it, the way that he got out of that pocket this last game, like I said, it was like that guy's got some legs on him. So um, that being said, I just I, I don't I don't know, man. I'm just I'm not. Um, what I can't say, can I can I bring this up real quick? I know I was changed subjects just because it's in my head. It's the only <laughs> note. It's the only note that I had because it, it made me feel so amazing. Uh, it just. There, I was watching when I tried to get on here. I thought I wasn't going to be able to make it today, so I, I thought, "What can I do to actually bring something to this podcast?" I watched all the uh, interviews with the players for the last like uh, 10, 15, 25 minutes or whatever, and one of them was with Devontae Wyatt, and what he said about why he had such a great game. Larry was interviewing him, all that kind of stuff, and he said all we had to do was force Mister Justin Fields to play. A quarterback position and that to me made me so freaking jacked up dude and it just like it, it re it, it just re homed everything that i thought about this whole season like we got a lot of young guys we got a lot of uh, fresh guys we got guys that are hungry and we got guys that think that they have a certain role that they're going to play um people tell us that we're going to be a really bad team this year and this team is finding it like within themselves. Kenny just said, like, yeah, like sleep, you're sleeping on. It. Everybody's saying they're sleeping on us. And dude, the amount of pass rush that we got last week is unreal. So going into this next week, I'll, I'll try to transfer that. Uh Bijan scares me a little bit. Algiers scares me a little bit. Ritter looks like he can actually move. We know what Kyle Pitts can do. We know what Drake London can do. I don't this might be an early trap game for a Green Bay Packer fan if you're looking into it in that sort of way. I really do think that. But um, I just think that we have a good core group of guys, and I'm I'm not afraid. I'm looking at 10 wins easy right now. But I will say that, um, Shavink, can you give me uh, – what do you think about going into week two with the, with, the, with the Falcons? Just because I want your 
because you are a guy that loves the draft, loves what the second-year players are doing, the first-year players. They've got a lot of those, and I consider them kind of similar to what Green Bay is doing, almost in every single position. Can you, Sorry if I, again, change the subject. I, I hate that I do that. But. Yeah, I think – so there were a few things I noticed from Atlanta, at least for the rookies and the second-year guys. I mean, obviously, uh, Arthur Smith, buddy, yeah, you need to target number five more. Um, that's just, that's just a given, uh, that nonsense cannot continue. If you want to win football games, uh, it's sure fine. It works against Carolina. Awesome. Sweet. I, that's, that's not a great football team. Uh, when you venture outside your division, it's going to have to get better in that regard. I Ritter just feels like he's still in the rookie phase. Uh, it doesn't feel like he's in a quote unquote second year to me. It, it's still a lot of figuring things out. He, he has to speed up his process more it's not there yet so i think that gives green bay an advantage that it feels like you know love's coming in obviously it's quote unquote a rookie season for love but he's been you know in there all for three years you know basically being a sponge so that's helpful for him but ritter it just feels like he's kind of been thrown in the fire the last four games last year and it the process i'm not sure it's there yet he still likes to favor scrambling uh, if he can, he likes to get outside and make plays. Not unlike, you know, Pickett with Pittsburgh. That's we're getting off topic. Uh, Bergeron last week looked like a tackle moving to guard. That's what it looked like. It was like, oh, pass protection. It's fine. We're good. Like, this is no problem. You're going to be able to protect Ritter. But, you know, when you got a 300 pound guy that you have to run block against, you know, you got to move him off the ball. You got to get around him. That was difficult for him. It, it really did look like, you know, it was like, oh, wow, wait a minute. I, these guys are 30 pounds heavier than the guys I'm usually blocking in the run game. So that's, I think, something to note when, you know, when you've got guys like Wyatt and Clark who really get after it, like I, Bergeron might be someone you can exploit, especially when they're trying to run the football. When it comes to Bijan, uh, there's really not much to say. Um, what else can you say? He's Great. unbelievable. Uh, they're using him like Debo, like Cordero. Uh, they'll throw him in the slot. They'll let him get open in a soft, find soft spots against zone coverage. They're not worried about that. Uh, they get him in motion. You saw the move he made for his touchdown. That is ridiculous. Uh, you know, that's on turf, man. I thought it might, you know, that might have been an injury. <laughs> Just people don't cut like that. Like that was wild to me. And I think his feel, his vision is, is work in progress i think texas did not block very well in front of him to be honest i think him and roshan both kind of had to freelance a little bit when they're when they're running so you know they were both really elusive players so it didn't really matter how good the blocking was in front of them or not but he needs to pick out his spots a little bit better i think there, there's times in zone where i think he's missing some he's leaving some on the bone uh where else can we go here? <laughs> Where <laughs> hey, else can we go? Uh, really quick, Richie Grant, uh, the safety, because I think it's your, it might be your three for him, but it's just something to point out. He still is a little bit of a gambler, and he still struggles a little bit to tackle, and that's there's still things that also I think kind of talked about on on the, the derailed show last night was like if you get you know kind of the RPO game, quick game going, and you make some of these DBs tackle, like you might have an advantage there as well. What do you? When I looked at the stat line for Desmond Ritter, I was like, no way. Because I watched the tape the second time through, and Ritter looked like cheeks. Like, it was bad. Yeah, it's not. And I looked at the stat line. I'm like, how did he How did he have that have a completion percentage? Which I guess is kind of a testament to, to you know, the scheme, scheming people open maybe. I don't know. But 
Um, Josh Martin in the chat said the Jets, the Jets should sign Uncle Rico. Thank you for the uh, super chat there, Josh. We appreciate you. Mike Evergreen is going to change it up for us, and we're going to wrap back around to uh, United Bates. Mike Evergreen and Jake, I know you've got to go. Um, I mean, whenever, I'm good, actually, if you want. Okay. If, I'm good if you – yeah. Good deal. If you have to hop off, if anybody has to hop off, just just go. You ain't got to say goodbye. Okay. It's totally cool. Mike Hebring, thank you for the super chat. He said, my game ball actually goes to Joe Barry. Thank you, Mike. Thank hey. you. Somebody said it. Um, yes, Joe Barry called 28 stunts on the defensive line this week. Last year they averaged only seven. Scheme does matter. Um, man, I tell you, it, it was a clinic up front. The way that, like I said, when they were in their base package yeah, and we came out in our 34, we came out in the 34 jam played 99 contain. It was beautiful. When they came out in 11 personnel, we went nickel two, four, five, and we went ET stunts with that ET stunt contain, basically. Absolutely gorgeous. Great game plan by Joe Barry. I'm glad you said that. And that leads me back to or, uh, to United Bates. Thank you for the super chat, buddy. He said, any thoughts on Gary's snap count? I uh, feel like they can, uh, they will continue for a bit, which is probably the, uh, the right thing for a long season, especially if Van Ness can make an impact on a consistent basis. So that I want to, and again, thank you so much for the super chat, United Bates. I'm going to go to a Matt LaFleur video. Hopefully, you guys can hear this. It's about a minute long, and it's Matt being asked about Rashawn Gary. Here we go. Do you see any rust from Rashawn in his first game back, and what did you think of what he did in those 12 snaps he had? I thought he was pretty darn effective. Um, I think we had him for, I don't know what the rest of the gurus out there had him for, for but I think we had him for seven uh, pressures on the quarterback. So, I'd say that was pretty effective. Do you have any news that's going to out the window this Sunday? We'll see. I think we still, I mean, we're still going to be smart with him. I mean, this all, we have a long road in front of us, and um, certainly he's a guy that you want on the field at all times. But I also think that, you know, as a, as a staff, and it's a credit to everybody up front, we have more depth than we've had maybe ever in my time here. So that is uh, a little bit more comforting. And uh, we're, so we'll roll those guys pretty pretty much throughout the whole, entire game. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com. We make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. All right, so, you know, the big thing that sticks out to me there, Tim, um, obviously they're going to they're gonna continue to monitor it. I think that last week, the way that they started Van Ness, they seen it was a close game before halftime. Okay, let's get Gary a little bit involved, right? And then when you pull away at the end, let's get him out of the game. I think that's a proper way of handling it. You know, he said they had seven, they had him down for seven pressures, by the way. I love the little backhanded 
comment to the to the media saying the gurus, I guess is what he said, right? Um, they said they he don't know how many they had, but he had seven pressures on 12 snaps. But I, if I understood correctly, he actually only had 10 passing snaps. So seven pressures on 10 attempts is 70% pressure rate, Tim. I'm not good at math. That's good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Like you said, they're going to be smart with him. Um, and the other thing is, like he said, you know, he went on to talk about a little bit later there as well, uh, a little more detailed. He said, we got more depth there than I've than I've ever seen since I've been here. Right. Tim, what do you think about uh, Rashawn Gary and his 70 percent pressure rate, according to uh, Coastal Florida? Rashawn's the man. This this goes back to training camp when we saw him well ahead of schedule with the rehab and we went very quickly from wondering, is he going to be back for week one to, oh, we'll, he's back and we're just going to have him on this pitch count. Um, and yeah, so 10, 10 passing snaps, seven pressures. Uh, you think the guy is hungry to play football again, guys? I mean, I, I don't care how many snaps he gets week to week. We know what we're getting when he's on the field. And I think to Jake's point, you know, with, uh, uh, Ritter and um, you know the fact that he's still in this kind of rookie phase it's going to be really nice to see Rashawn and the boys out there running those stunts and twists and giving Ritter something to diagnose constantly because you know with young quarterbacks if the if the gears are turning too much sometimes uh, and they can't process it quick enough that that can be uh, lights out um, so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Rashawn out there. And I, I think he's going to progressively play a little more, be peppered in a little bit more. And, you know, he he's a guy that takes, you know, his body seriously. He knows his body very well. And uh, if something was wrong, he's he's not going to try and hide it. And if something's right, he's going to he's going to let him know that he's ready to go. So uh, I think we'll progressively see more and uh, eventually see him uh, full on starting again. Definitely. Jacob. Yeah, I, I <laughs> Sean Gary's freak. I mean, 12 snaps to do what he did and that amount of time just shows, like Tim said, man, it's he's just he's he's a beast and he's ready to be uncaged. And I just hope that um, I, I, I struggle with trying to figure out if Lafleur was keeping him too much. We won the game, so that was just enough, in my opinion. But going into next week, it's like if the game's on the line and we're losing and we don't have Rashawn out there for. Every single, I don't know, man. He was there, I think, for at least every third down this last game. So I would, I want him there for. Oh God, I don't know what the what would the snap count be. I'm not gonna say 65 percent claims. <laughs> don't try to make 65 percent. 65. I all right. Now, I mean, I'd be happy if he got maybe like 15, 20 again. Um, just like like ease him in. I uh, maybe he's um more excited to get back but like obviously we've seen lately that if people are rushing themselves to get back into uh pure pro form we do not want to see that happen um too quickly so right now we have enough edge depth like god man it is just it's amazing i mean we we didn't even talk about kingsley and he didn't have a bad game people talk about like he didn't have any flashy stats or whatever but look at guys like Devontae wyatt uh, mr shavink carl brooks Oh yeah, I mean, what do you think about uh, those young guys and in the limited snaps they even had? I mean, and and I think that they're just only growing right now. Yeah, definitely. We think Jake. I mean, 
Let's see. Okay. Both questions. Yeah. I mean, for the and quickly, wide. I'm throwing a third in there and Devon. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, for Sean Gary, I think honestly, I would, I would continue to play it safe. Uh, and, and like Jacob said, I think it's a good point. Rashad knows, you know, what he can handle. And I, I'm sure he is, you know, as much as he really wants to be out there, I think he understands. I think he's making a probably making a point in you know in the rooms and the practice all week. Going, yeah, this is where I think I need to be. Like this is where I want to be by you know week X or October or November, wherever he, whatever he's saying in there. I think he understands that as well, and I think he'll stay cautious for sure. I don't think they have to. I think a steady increase is a good idea as long as there's nothing you know potential setback wise i think you could maybe up it this week if you want to to 15 to 16 snaps you don't have to go nuts because we got these young guys in here who are playing some pretty darn good football and man credit i i like kingsley again doing a lot of like doing his job snaps where it's like oh that's not as flashy as gary just you know smoking dudes and, and why it's smoking dudes it's not as fun but it's it's exactly sometimes what a defensive line needs sometimes the defensive line needs the guy who's not gonna you know go too crazy as a pass or sure staying in his lane you know right holding the gap that he needs to hold you know even in contain we'll take that any day of the week uh van ness freak we knew uh just gotta get just just gotta once the game speeds up in the nfl it's just about you know speeding up a few things right it's speeding up the get off it's speeding up you know how quickly you're initiating contact with your hands getting all the little things right that that you that you grow into as a pass for sure just take it a little bit at a time uh i know that you know if ritter tries to break the pocket with van ness rushing uh he won't even get to the sideline like fields does. it's not gonna happen <laughs> right. uh that will not happen this this go around this week if that is the case uh man Devonte wyatt it boy did that feel good to see especially yeah. just because like the preseason didn't go well it was kind of up and down last season which again i think it's worth saying again it's awesome with these instant gratification rookie performances it, you know that's it's really cool to watch guys like wilson and olave in london play really well their rookie seasons but it's it's just fine when you know when you're a young team and you get a you know a second year or third year breakout from guys and Wyatt might be doing that again would love to see it more than one week for sure but the signs are very encouraging uh, he looks just a tick faster at least from what I, I know I did a kind of a film around him last week and what he put out last season it looks just a little bit quicker and that's a great sign and that makes it that much more difficult for offensive linemen so and Brooks, I mean, Brooks and Wooden both getting out there, both getting after the QB, like Wooden as well. Like these young guys are hungry. Uh, they brought in guys like this to be Philadelphia Eagles West, be deep, deep rushing the pass or be deep along the defensive line. And they're doing that. And it is, it is really exciting to have a unit this deep. It really yeah. is. Definitely. Speaking of hungry, today's show is brought to you by Old Southern Barbecue Smokehouse. They've got uh, five locations in Rice Lake, Hudson, Arden Hills, Minneapolis, and Shakopee. Um, if you guys get a chance, you're in that area, swing by. They got awesome barbecue, awesome sides, uh, some of the best brisket and rubs, they say, in the state of Wisconsin and the surrounding states there. I know, Jacob, you're right there on the border of Minnesota and uh, and fighting off those rivals there with the with the Queens. But, um, yeah, so <laughs> – 
make sure you go in, check it out. And also, if you're um, looking to have a Packer party, right, you're watching football, you're having some people over at the house, they also do catering. Okay, so check out their catering menu. You can check that out on oldsouthernbarbecue.com. If you're at a distance like I am, you love to grill, you love to smoke um, at your house there. As far as, you know, any kind of barbecue that you're doing, they've got their own in-house award-winning rubs. They've got four awesome barbecue sauces, uh, Southern Gals. They've got Dixie Red, Chicago Blue, and my favorite, Chicago Fire. Um, so make sure you go check out their website. they got some awesome bundles, too, that make it very affordable. Again, you can check that out at www.oldsouthernbbq.com. Make sure you enter the promo code PackerNet. 15 capital P capital N no spaces. That's Packer net 15. That'll get you 15% off your order. Just want to say thank you to old Southern barbecue smokehouse for sponsoring the show. Um, let's do this now. Let's move along. Let me check the chat one more time. Jake, um, Jake, hold on real quick. Jake Chavink. Did you get yourself some sauces yet? I haven't yet. I'm, I'm working on it. All right, I'm, I'm going to send you. All right. I'm going to send you. Well, okay. Yeah. Send you. <laughs> you guys, uh, I, I shouldn't. Uh, I don't need an excuse to, uh, to be sent these sauces though i will say i'm excited about it that's that yeah no no free Sundays in the fall is exactly when is exactly the time for this it's perfect larry in the so. chat says l-o-v-e all the options at edge in the revamp defensive line will make it all uh all the more effective um no doubt about that no doubt let's do this um as we actually let me check out john schmidt here real quick in the chat knowing knowing we need quay against robinson if you have to pick one to play and on and one to sit, which injury is more important, Walker or Aaron Jones? Hmm, that's a great question. If I had to pick one to sit, I, I got to be honest, guys. I love Quay Walker. I love him. But Isaiah McDuffie, man, I, that, it's been a long time since I've felt this comfortable that, hey, if, if, if Dre or Quay have to miss a game, I feel good about Isaiah McDuffie plugging in there. I think I would rather have Aaron Jones simply because you can attack with that two-headed monster. You can play that uh, that pony package and be able to flex Aaron out and cause some mismatches there. Um, again, their base defense, in my opinion, it's it's strongest there in the trenches with uh, Onyemata and then, of course, Grady Jarrett. So I would like to see them come out, uh, pull that 34 look out of them, and then flex Jones out and maybe catch him in a little bit of a mismatch. So, John, my my answer would be I would rather have Aaron Jones play then Quay. Um, Tim, I think I know your answer, but let's hear it anyway, bud. Who would you rather have play? <laughs> I, I actually wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, and, really? you right. know, I really, I really hope that, and I'm only saying that because I, you know, we'll see what happens when, with the protocol with Quay, you know, the likelihood right. that he clears all of these steps between now and uh, game day, uh, if he's going to be a go or not, this may be, maybe a one of those situations where it figures itself out. Um, but I think uh, to Clayton's point, yeah, Isaiah McDuffie, especially against the run, I feel real confident in him. And I think uh, you can do a lot worse in the middle than uh, Devondre Campbell and uh, Isaiah McDuffie. Um, with that being said, of course, you know, I want my boy Quay on the field, but uh, yeah, I do agree. I do agree with your point, man. Aaron Jones is just too valuable to the, to the entire, um, momentum of our offense at this point uh especially you know being down a dynamic guy like christian watson so i think uh, aaron jones is invaluable especially going into this game against uh the falcons got it what about you jacob who would you rather have I man i think this is a, a great question by john um aaron jones is just he's my he's my favorite green bay packer i think 
maybe of all time. And it's just been getting more prevalent that way every single year that we've had them. Um, the old adage is, you know, you don't pay you don't pay running backs, you don't pay old running backs, you don't pay UDFAs, you don't pay, you know, these kind of guys. I just the more and more I see Aaron Jones, and I remember even Ryan talks about this. Uh, I'll never forget because I've been I've been with this network for almost five six years now. Uh, Ryan, when he, when Aaron Jones, I remember, gosh, it was his first or second season. He's like he's averaging five and a half. Nobody averages five and a half. It's just not going to happen throughout their <laughs> career. And then every year, every year, every year, every year, it's like, okay, Aaron Jones is averaging nine or five and a half. Like, how is this happening? And then it became the the discussion of why aren't we running him more? You know what I mean? Like that was the where is Aaron Jones was the thing. Where is Aaron? And now I'm, I, I hate to say this again, but I it's week one. So, but week two, if we don't see enough of Aaron Jones, well, obviously if he's not without injury, but this is just it, he seems like he's our our secret weapon man and we just aren't utilizing him enough he is a freak yeah and i just i just want to see more of him so that being said obviously i'm aaron jones all the way all right we got a caller on the line carly we're gonna go to you in just a second before before we do that jake i want to hear your answer to that question buddy who would you rather have i I think i think you're gonna flip the flip the script here a little bit Uh oh i don't think i am um (laughs) unfortunately i would love to i'd love to say how much i think walker potentially means uh to this defense this week especially if they're going to throw out two backs a ton whoops mike going a little crazy uh but i think oh man it's just aaron jones like the nerds love him right the numbers favor him a ton and everybody who watches aaron jones understands how important he is and how effective he is as a rusher when you look at the numbers especially since jones came into the league it's him and it's Nick Chubb in terms of efficiency, rush yards over expectation, EPA per play. Those guys dominate, and those guys are, are just a step below Jamal Charles in terms of his efficiency when he played. So it, it's clearly, yeah, Aaron Jones is extremely important to this Packers team. It's why they've extended him. You know, it's why I think, you know, somehow he was okay with taking a pay cut. I, hey, we love that. Love it. I think he deserves to be the second highest paid running back in the league uh, right behind Nick Chubb. I, I think the numbers say that as well. So, I mean, when what's what's better help to a young QB, you know, potentially in a game where the pass rush is going to be a little bit better, right, that, than having a guy that, you, you know, Matt LaFleur and Jordan can go, hey, we can lean on this guy because he's going to help us in both facets of the game. He's instrumental, and there's no getting past that. Definitely. I want to bounce back here. Emilio said, I think Uncle Bill is a free agent. Talking about quarterbacks, I believe. Oh, man. Check with his, check with his agent, Clayton. <laughs> Who would Uncle Bill's agent be? I, the first, I'm just going to say, typically, Uncle when Rico. You get, when you get, no, no, Uncle Rico is way too <laughs> civilized, way too civilized. Um, when you get a question like this, you got to say the first thing that comes to mind. And there was a guy back home. His name was Red Eye Hawkum. Okay. His last name was Hawkum. And he, we, were, we knew him as Red Eye. And when I was like nine years old, he was definitely in his 70s. And the one of the most vivid memories I have was we were on his property on this ridge, a place called Pine Needle Hill, that's back in Kentucky. And he fired a shotgun at us because we were on his property. And I will never forget that when I got home and my parents got wind that that red eye fired a shotgun at us, right? And my uncle Bill was friends with him. I'll never forget Uncle Bill's response was he didn't shoot it at on Betty talking to mom. He just fired it in the air. It was, like, it was just so nonchalant. So that would be Uncle Bill's agent, no doubt about it, Emilio. It would be Red Eye. 
So um, you guys. What a great well, agent name too, Red Eye. Who wants yeah, to go into a negotiation right. with Red Eye? Yeah. Exactly. Red Who's Eye. on the schedule today? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. Let's go to the phones here. Carly's Carly's hearing us talk about Red Eye and firing shotguns at children. She's like, oh, what no. in the world about Carly? Carly, Carly how you doing? Back. Hey, I'm doing all right. How are you guys? <laughs> we're good. We're good. This is off the rails. I'm glad you jumped in here to save it. No worries. My husband is uh, and family is a total redneck, so the whole shotgun thing. Hey, I get yeah, it. Right. Yeah, in good company. That's what I'm talking about. What's what's on yeah. your mind tonight? What do you want to talk about? So you guys were talking about Aaron Jones earlier. I just got was able to hop on about a couple minutes ago, and um, I was wondering when is the end of his extension? Like when does his contract come up? Great question. Great question. So he's got two years left on his deal, including this year. Okay. So he's got this year and next year. And uh, Jake, if you want to kind of kick that talk off, I'm going to pull up Spotrack real quick and we'll get the okay. exact information real quick. So, yeah, he's got, he's got two left. I, I, I think so. He's down to what this year, Clay? I, I don't remember the numbers. This is, uh, I've got a general idea. Yeah. But I'm going to pull it up here for us. Yeah, so that would be, that would be good. But yeah, it's, it's two years through 2024. Okay. And I, yeah. I'm trying to remember how old he is too, because I, I want to know what. I'm going to share the I think here, he's 28, okay. right? If, if I'm not I mistaken. I thought he was 28. That's my thought. I thought he was making something around like 6.7 per year or something around those. So this is probably really blurry for you guys. So I'm going to read it, but at least you can kind of see the general structure here. And Carly, right. This is, uh, this is how it lays out. Okay. So, um, obviously it's 2023. He is 29 years old right now. Okay. No, um, so his cap hit this year. Okay is $8.1 million. Okay. They move some stuff around, obviously next year, his cap hit jumps to 17.7 million. Okay. There's no way he's going to play at 17.7 million. The thing that you want to notice, if you guys can see it, it's not too blurry. There's voidable years tacked on at 2025, 2026 and 2027, which simply means that they can move guaranteed money out over the structure of that contract. Okay. So to put that into perspective in 2024, if we all would agree, and I think we would, that he's not going to play on a cap hit of 17.7 million, there's going to be a similar uh, approach as there was this year, which he took a technical pay cut, but they also gave him guaranteed money, right. And converted that into signing bonus, which basically put a bigger, a fatter check in his pocket, but he took less overall money. Okay. And there's a lot of players that like that kind of deal because obviously that money's guaranteed. And at any point they could cut him and he could lose out on it. So when you look at the structure of 2024, he's 30 years old. His base salary is 11.1 million. His sign-in bonus is 3.2 million and his roster bonus is 400,000. So what you want to key in on is the base salary. So what will probably happen is they'll go to him and say, Hey, how do you like this year? He made $11 million. Let's say he stays healthy and he has another great year. They'll probably go to him and say, how do you feel about making $12 million next year? Okay. And then what they can do is take 5 million of that in the base salary, convert it to signing bonus, and then spread that 5 million out over the, the remaining three voidable years. Okay. So you would take that 5 million and roughly tack on, let's just call it one and a half million per year, just for easy math. I know it's probably more, more like one and a quarter. So that would push his voidable years to a little over 3 million in 2025, over 3 million in 2026, and then over 2 million right at 3 million in 2027. That's how you could get his cap number down to that anywhere from 11 to $13 million range. I think he's going to be back next year, barring any, 
crazy injury. That's kind of the way I see it. Um, but what do you think, Jake, about that, man? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it seems very unlikely that they're gonna that they're gonna be okay with him playing uh, under that number next year. Uh, I don't know that they're gonna have a, a couple options. Um, again, yeah, it might just be, hey, can you take this pay cut again? We'll push the void years out further. I just don't see them outright moving on from him. Like I just, and again, that's from a cap perspective, that's that's not a good idea either necessarily. So he's playing at a high level if they're if they're managing things well and and clearly i know there was the whole idea of man why wasn't he out there in the second quarter of the game on sunday it's like well maybe they're just you know trying to make sure we're working a decent pitch count on aaron jones so he's got enough longevity where he might stick around you know maybe even longer than the current contract structure uh has him staying around for so you know if he plays in green bay when he's 30 and 31 years old but that seems like that doesn't I mean, that doesn't seems like that doesn't seem like a Green Bay, or at least for the relatively short time I've been following these things more closely, is that to want to not play somebody or maybe even sacrifice some plays or games now just to hopefully get more time at the end of a contract doesn't seem like a very Green Bay thing to do. I would feel like they would be want want to maximize him during the contract year, but I think it's been kind of Green Bay's um, strategy to cut them a year early rather than a year late has been my understanding. And just for precedent purposes, Carly, um, to the best of my knowledge, anytime the Packers and, and, and again, anybody in the chat, if you know of someone, I'm not saying I'm right. And, you know, I couldn't be wrong here to the best of my knowledge, anyone that they've tacked voidable years onto their, onto their deal, they've let them just play it outright. They have never cut them one year in advance. And I think there is a certain aspect of that, depending on the terminology in the contract, that those voidable years will get accelerated to the current year is probably why. But a good example was Adrian Amos. They had voidable years. They just let him play the contract out. They didn't bring him back. So I kind of feel like that's what they're going to do with uh, with Aaron Jones. Hopefully that answered your question. But uh, do you? Uh, yeah, that makes yeah. a lot. That makes a lot more sense now. Gotcha. Do you uh, you got anything else for us? Um. One other thing, you guys were talking about Aaron Rodgers earlier, I think, and I had read something pretty interesting that talked about how the way the contract was structured, that their first and second picks are actually tied up, that they cannot use that first round pick to negotiate until the season is over. Did you hear about that? I did not. Jake, you're, you're nodding. You know what that means? Yeah, I think it's because um, it's not official that Rogers technically hasn't or has played 65% of the snaps. I know he will not, uh, but unless, yeah, unless like green Bay, and the jets come back to the negotiating table and had basically been like, yeah, we'll just, we'll settle on the, the second or we'll settle on the first. Yeah. They, they can't use it unless that has been settled. So yeah, that is true. Um, and because like I said, technically like it's still not like, official put in you know put write it in pen whatever you want to call it like that he technically has not played that yeah it will stay that way the jets can't go oh well it's going to be a second you know oh man we need a tackle like we need to you know move a first round pick maybe for a tackle if we you know you know we want to get you know that done and and maybe build for 2024 with rogers like that they can't do that until that has been set in stone by the end of the season that makes sense oh, that definitely makes so sense. is there a Oh, sorry to interrupt. So is there a, 
is there a way that the Packers could go back to the negotiating table and say, okay, we'll write it as a straight second if you throw another, if you throw a third in there as well? Like, is there any benefit or opportunity for them to do that? I don't think it's out of the question, but most of the time when it comes to these type of deals in the NFL, precedent is king. And to the best of my knowledge, I've never heard of that happening. You know what I mean? So that kind of tells the story. And, and again, when you talk precedent, that's Andrew Brandt 101. That's where I've heard him talk in the past. Like everything negotiation-wise, everything uh, that you – when you're trying to project the future of the NFL contractually, um, it's all based on precedent. So, again, just like the voidable years comment I made, um, to me it, it's, it's very, very far-fetched because it's never happened before. That makes sense. All right. I guess it did. <laughs> I think you're muted there, Carly, if you're talking. Um, good stuff. All right. We're going to move on to Emilio. Carly, if you can hear us, I think you're muted. There you go. You got it now. Yep. Thanks, guys. Sorry, I was having technical difficulties. No, hey, before you go, though, uh, Jay got a hold of you, right? Yeah, he did. All right. Hey, help's on the way. Jacob, don't worry about that. It's not important. Have a good night, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> good night. Bye. <laughs> See you. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phones. We got Emilio on the line. Emilio in Tennessee. How you doing, buddy? Emilio. How are we, fellas? Oh, we're doing great, man. You kidding me? What's on your mind tonight? Um shit. I'm just uh I'm just excited. Uh well I like I was saying, I'm I'm gonna be heading to the Falcons game. So um I was just I'm still worried about the Falcons O line, you know, running the ball uh against ours, but I was happy with, you know, Kenny and, and Wyatt and Wooden out there. So I, I am excited on, on where they're going. I'm just hoping that our run defense keeps showing up, especially if Quay's not out. I mean, what would it be, McDuffie and Campbell coming downhill? So um, I'm just that's, – that's my only hang-up. I think everywhere else we're probably all right. But Yeah, I agree. And, you know, that's the thing, too. Uh, what a lot of people aren't talking about is when they were running a lot of those stunts and and Tim, Jake, whoever wants to come here, Jacob, um, you know, a lot of those stunts came against a run too. And again, that's something that I noticed um, in Carolina a couple years ago. And Michael Lombardi was just raving over it, how they were running uh, run stunts basically. And it was really blowing up the run game. I The whole time I was watching that game, Jake, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Carolina Panthers game, I was just imagining in my mind run stunts. How would it how would it match up against this? And, and I got to be honest, I I didn't come away from that game going, oh, I don't know about this. One. I think it'll be a good game, but I'm not overly worried. Just the way our front seven played, man. I mean, they played stout. Yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna matter a ton. The early downs are gonna mean everything because if they if if the Packers can get Atlanta into third and sevens and third and eights. Good night. Uh, asking Ritter <laughs> right. to do a lot with with a lot coming at him from different spots. Like you never you never know what type of pressure Barry might get into in those situations. We know how you know effective it was last year when Green Bay got into those situations. So yeah, if they can play strong at the point of attack, they can play quick. Like Clayton said, if they throw some of those stunts in there, you know they they do have good run blockers. That is for sure. I think like I, I mentioned earlier, Bergeron's kind of the weakness right there at this moment in time because he just doesn't have the play strength to play in there yet but McGarry and Lindstrom looked a whole lot better last week when they were you know using the quicks that they have to seal to do whatever they need to in zone blocking so yeah it's going to present a challenge but this is 
as talented as deep a group on the defensive line that Green Bay's had in a while. So, yeah, no doubt. Tim, how do you feel about it, Bob? Uh, I'm excited, and I think we should get Old Southern Barbecue to uh, cater to the booth because clearly uh, Joe Barry in the booth is uh, hitting the nail on the head with some of these calls, and I, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think situationally he's probably seeing things better and uh, able to relay those calls, those stunts and twists down there in the nick of time. So uh, I'm feeling good. I think that, uh, you know, defensively, clearly this is going to be we alluded to this before, kind of like the Bears approach. Let's make this kid play quarterback. Um, we know they want to run. We know they want to run. Um, but, you know, to to Jake's point, man, if we can play good on early downs and put them in these third and longs where, where they're going to have to throw it, that's going to play to our advantage. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that front, that front will eat. Jacob, what do you think? Do you think we can get some uh, some Dixie Red or some Chicago Fire up there in the booth for Joe Barry? You, could you imagine what? <laughs> Could you imagine what that call sheet would look like? Barbecue sauce everywhere, bro. Damn, with those <laughs> transitions, man. It's smooth as butter, also known as steak and butter seasoning, which you can find at Old Southern Barbecue. Right <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> 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 I'm, just I'm just saying. Yo, I got to hop off of here real quick or I'm going to lose uh, some. Uh, never mind. Uh, but I gotta get, I gotta get. So y'all get out of here, Jacob. Here, Don't I'll help you out. Here, I'll, I'll help you. Roadhouse. Out of here. See you, <laughs> Emilio. What else you got for us, buddy? Um, I was just adding, just to add to what y'all were saying about it. The, I mean, when we were running the stunts, I liked it. But I went after watching the all twenty-two. I mean, they did look a little gassed, you know, when they get stuck on the field like that, and he keeps calling back-to-back stunts. That's where I was getting a little. Um, I, I would rather honestly see him as long as they feel comfortable with him. Let's rotate the like every two seconds. Like, I mean, if we can get it like a fresh guy on every play, let's do it because you, you see him. They when they're when they're smack, smacking heads, it's a different hit when they when they got a little gas to them versus when they're run down after running three TTs, you know, or ETs and then yeah. then third and long or something like that. They just don't have that extra gas. Yeah, no, that's a great point. That's a great point. There's a lot more energy burned doing those stunts, right? And um, Preston Smith, I don't I don't know how you feel, Jake, but Preston Smith kind of impressed me. I know he didn't have like off-the-chart grades, but very first drive, blew a run up in the in the backfield, and then they did a delayed ET stunt a little bit later. I think this is the one that Carl Brooks actually got the sack on. Um, and he was just – he was a dog, man. He played well, I thought. Yeah, anytime you have a player like Preston who has the length to set edges that he, the way he can – it's always going to be an asset. And especially in this game, having somebody like that. And I, I mean, the bear game too, obviously the bears were, are, are usually a good running football team and, and they had definitely had their moments on Sunday. So yeah, another guy where I think Preston just kind of, you know, his first season, Zadarius had the bigger year, right. And everybody was on the Zadarius train and Preston was, you know, oh, getting paid way too much, but you know what? Preston Smith might be might be, and I know I mentioned it with with Enigbare earlier, but Preston might literally just be the do your job guy. At least when he's not, you know, they're not throwing him out there and co- <laughs> not throwing out there in coverage like they did a few times last season. When he's allowed to play on the defensive line, when he can set an edge, you know, when he can use that length, use that power. Yeah, he plays effective football, and that's part of the reason I think that they're you know they're like yeah we need to extend this guy. We need you know somebody who can kind of be a little bit more of an anchor out there, and and he's definitely done that. 
Yeah, and when you look at his contract too, man, I don't think he's going anywhere. Like, I mean, he's got he's got three more years left on his deal with one voidable year as well. So his cap hit next year is sixteen and a half million dollars, and the dead cap is thirteen point nine. I mean, so if you just cut him outright, you're only freeing up roughly four or roughly two and a half million dollars. He's going to be on the roster next year. There's no doubt in my mind, um, right. at least how it sits right now. But Emilio, you got anything else for us, buddy? Um, and I guess last thing would just uh, a segue into that. I bet Preston is coaching up Lucas Van Ness. Um, mm. I, I was listening to another pod. I forgot. I think it was unscripted, but uh, he was talking about how when Lucas Van Ness sacked field. I mean, he sat. He, he he didn't get blocked, so he knew something was up. He saw the back of his number, you know, so he didn't tag, run him down. He sat there, and then he opened his face and and he ran him in. So. Yeah. I'm excited for him. I I'm excited to see what he looks like in in real real life. You know, hearing hearing about Hercules, I'm sure Tim's got a couple close ups. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm kind of excited. I'm gonna try to get in there early, and uh, I'll be in a sombrero, cheesehead sombrero, if you need me. Hey, and let us know, man. Shoot me a message, shoot me a text, and let me know what section you're in, so we can kind of look for you. And right. uh, make sure you have a good time, buddy. And you, you get any trouble down there, you give me a call. I'm just a few hours away. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Couple daddy sodas here and there. Hopefully, I won't be hanging off the side at the end. No doubt, man. You be careful going down, buddy. We appreciate you calling in. Will do. Appreciate you, fellas. All right. See you, pal. That was Emilio in Tennessee. Love that dude, man. Love it. Hey, how how about we wrap this thing up with a little Jordan Love talk? Are you guys good with that? You still got some time, Jake? Yeah. All yeah, right, for cool. sure. Check this out, man. Um, I'm not going to share the screen because it'd be so blurry you can't even see it, but I'm going to look at the passing statistics. And I'm not a big stat guy. You know, I'm not one of those those cats. I, I, I more watch the tape. And then, of course, I put a little more stock in PFF grades than I do statistics. But I thought this was really cool. So passing statistics through week one, right? Passing yards. Jordan Love is seventh in the league with 245, okay? On yards per pass attempt, Okay. He is third in the league at 9.1. Ahead of him is Tua Tungabailo, who had an awesome game, 466 yards, at 10.4 yards average, okay? Derek Carr, 9.2. Then Jordan Love at 9.1. You're talking about effectiveness, right? Longest pass. He is number one in the league so far with a 51-yarder, okay? Touchdown passes. He is tied for lead, tied for the league lead with three touchdown passes and there's three players that have three touchdown passes. Jordan Love, Mac Jones, and Tua Tungabailoa. And he is the only one of those three who did not throw an interception, right? Um, as far as QBR, he is sixth in the league in QBR. And as far as rating, he is number one in the entire National Football League at 123.2. That is according to ESPN. Jake, I'm not a stats guy, dude. That's pretty exciting, right? Yeah, not to mention he had, I think, was his like 0.55 EPA per play as well, which I don't know where that ranked, but it was it was up there. And so, you know, the numbers liked him. I know PFF didn't love it uh, in terms of the passing grade for him, which I think it's fair. I, I think, it you know, to say he went out and maybe dominated is, is probably stretching it a little bit. But I think relative to maybe some people's expectations, he did. So, but yeah, the numbers look great. And I will say, you know, just looking at PFF really quick, just looking at, you know, the uh, the passing depth uh, to be graded, you know, where he graded highest, intermediate over the middle of the field. <laughs> what uh, about that? Where? Wow. You can you can throw there? Didn't know that. Um, <laughs> uh, three or four, 54 yards and a touchdown. I mean, yeah, 
excellent, excellent being able to attack the middle of the field again. So absolutely awesome. Not to not to mention being able to use his legs and uh, yeah. throwing off platform, all that good stuff. Tim, oh, what do you think about that. those? <laughs> yeah, it, and it's funny watching <laughs> JT O'Sullivan break it down. That touchdown pass to Dobbs. He's like, I, he didn't need to do that. I mean, it's 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 it no. looks pretty, but he didn't need to do that. No, he didn't. Tim, what but. do you think about those numbers we just talked about with J Love, man? I know you've been calling J Money all summer long, and there's there's been zero hesitation in your voice when you talked about watching him in camp. I know that. I've kept an eye on on Jordan, um, really since twenty well twenty twenty one. I really started paying a close close eye uh, on his game, and I think when we see these numbers after week one, I think um, to Jake's point, you know, we're not going to say he balled out dominated. uh, But I think this is exactly what you want to see to start the year. This is a great way to build momentum because what we preached all off season was at the end of the day, we're not going to really know what we're getting out of him until we see consistency until we have a huge smattering of games to really make this judgment on. But I'll tell you, he put his best foot forward. He's uh, trending in the right direction. Uh, Zero picks always is a great statistic. Um, And uh, you know, I, I think the, uh, Passer rating, uh, you know, passer rating can be a kind of deceiving thing sometimes um, Mm -hmm. as far as a stat. But I think that's something that we're going to see hopefully be consistent where he's he's in that 115, 120s range, hopefully uh, throughout the year. But I think uh, when we talk about Jay Money, a.k.a. number 10, because all he throws is dimes, uh, (laughs) he's going to be it's going to be fun to watch this year as a as a first year starter. So uh I'm excited, man. Uh, just looking for the consistency. Let's let's see it right. again this week against uh, Atlanta on the road. Again, I, I've said this before. I think uh, two road games to start this young team out uh, is a great test right away early in the season. Uh, should set them up real nice to come back home to Lambeau. So uh, looking forward to this matchup on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, man. I And again, I, I agree with the PFF grade when I watched the tape, like at the end of the game, in the postgame show, I was like, I wasn't overly impressed with Jordan, um, but it's hard to argue three touchdowns, no picks. It's exactly what we talked about staying in that plus uh, that plus category there when it comes to turnover differential. Absolutely crushed it. I want to take a second and give a shout out to the newest members uh, of the YouTube uh, group here, the PTA posse. We got Joe beer PDX. We got reds fandom vids. We got Mike Hebring, we've got G-Med, and Emilio finally figured out how to become a YouTube member. I know he he wanted to join the contest uh, last week, and, nice. and we got him in there because he made a, a quote-unquote donation. I told him not to worry about it. We'll figure out how to make him a member, but he, he got it in for sure, So which is awesome. Um, so you guys are all going to be entered into uh, any contest moving forward, any active YouTube members when we give away a jersey, stuff like that. You guys are going to be on the wheel, um, the wheel of destiny as we spin that sucker. And um, I, I want to say we're still looking for IHEZ340. Here's the deal. If he doesn't come forward soon and we've sent multiple messages, um, what we're going to do is respin it to give away the autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey. I would just love to give it to him because he did win. But, uh, again, man, you uh, it's kind of like what they say, Jake, you can't make the club in the tub, right? you got to come in here and collect that that gift. If you can't get it, then yeah. you're going to give it to somebody else. So yeah. IHEZ340, man, get in here and get your jersey, bub. So, with that being said, we're going to wrap this thing up. Jake, you got any parting thoughts, Bob? Um, man, I, I'm just – it's crazy to be this excited. Uh, I, I think to this point, not that I wasn't – expectations weren't high, but I do think something that was mentioned earlier 
in the show as a parting thought would be good. I think a lot of people were like, ah, maybe this team just doesn't have it. This is going to be a bad team this year. I feel like there was just a, a very similar sentiment around Seattle last off season. Just, it felt like the same type of thing where it's like, ah, they have Gino oh, gross, not good. Like uh, they, they're young. They might not be very good. And then they came out and just kind of were like, now nah, we're better than you think we are. We've got a good roster. And I think green Bay's kind of situated in the same, in the same vein this season. Yeah, definitely. And Larry, Larry said, you need to come back more often. He said, thanks for hanging with us, Jake. Hey. It's been a, been a blast having you in here. Tim, you got any parting thoughts, bud? Uh, yeah, real quick. I, I guess a positive thing from the injury report that caught my eye because I'm always looking at our defense, uh, Anthony Johnson, Jr. Full participant at practice today. Um, I believe that's a first since end of August. Um, so that is a good sign, especially uh, considering what's going on with uh, the number two safety. Uh, we'll see how Rudy Ford does this week. Um, but, you know, there's enough depth there to start rotating some of these other guys in there, whether that's J.O. or or a guy like Anthony Johnson Jr. or Anthony Johnson Jr., who I think uh, – had a pretty decent camp for a rookie. So uh, just something to keep an eye on. That's my parting thoughts. Got it. Good stuff, man. Carly Ray in the chat said, we need to have a Packers total access meetup slash party at the 2025 draft. Carly, the plan is Ryan Schlipp is going to have a Packer net party up there. So we're going to get everything organized. And that that is 100% the plan. Um, I know my wife, Mandy, will be with me. You need to bring your husband, bring the little one. We'll get everybody together. I think it would be awesome. You and Mandy would hit it off big time. I think y'all would be inseparable for sure. Um, she is a nut, dude. She is. When I meet people, it is, I did it this year. Went to the Packers game, met up with Jacob, met up with Justin, his wife, Nicole, the whole gang. Uh, when I meet people, man, I'm so awkward in person. I just go, here's my wife, Mandy. Meet, meet Mandy. And I just get out of the way. She's like the life of the party. So um, we need to make that happen, though, for sure. Uh, Ryan is going to organize that. We're going to help organize it. The goal is to have a place set up somewhere in Green Bay where we can do live podcasts and just kind of make it an event, right? Um, my plan is to be in town for the entire week, and it's going to be absolutely awesome. Jake, are you not fired up about the draft? You better oh, be up man. So here's the uh, – not to keep uh, pushing the time out on this, but a funny story. Once I heard that they got it, I was like, oh, I, I went into verbal like furiously. I was like, all right, can I get one of these these houses quick, like two years in advance? Can we get – and I'm like, oh, no, we can't do that this far in advance. Right. Yeah, man, same here. Stinks, yeah. man. It's like, dang it, this would have been super good. We would have had a, just a, a really nice content set up. Uh, still going to try, I think, is, is, a, is a good thing. But, yeah, that'll be – oh, man. Yeah, oh I would – same thing. I would love to be up there for the week. I, I think it, it'd just be tremendous atmosphere up there. Yeah, I think what I'm going to try to do, <clears throat> we're, we're looking at property up there right now, just full disclosure. we got a couple houses that we're, we got our target on that we're thinking about purchasing and flipping. Um, but regardless, um, I'm a big bed and breakfast person. I'll, I'll go in and rent out the whole house and we can maybe use that as base camp and have it fairly close to Lambo. I think that would be absolutely awesome. Now, prices are going to go through the roof, obviously, yeah. but I called Christy at Event USA. She's like my insider as far as getting box tickets and stuff. And she was like, Clayton, don't even don't even talk to me right now. Like it's going to be a little while. <laughs> so there, everybody, it sounds like everybody in Green yeah. Bay is just scrambling, trying to logistically oh, get sure. everything together. Like, how are we going to pull this off? Right. So yeah. Uh, yeah. nonetheless, so it's going to be absolutely awesome. So um, last, last comment here. Uh, it's good to see you in the chat here. Andy APAC. He said, Ooh. I know it's early. I know this, but can't we pull a Bengals and make a crazy Super Bowl run? Hey, Jake, what is, what do the Bengals have? No. 
during that Super Bowl run that we don't have. The first thing that comes to mind is line, man. Yeah, I mean, but, they, yeah, yeah. So, what do you, what do you think, man? You think that's are we getting ahead of ourselves here? Maybe a little bit. Um, a little San bit. Francisco, San Francisco, and Dallas looked really good <laughs> week one. Uh, I know Dallas played the Giants, who I think many people kind of thought, ah, it was a cool story that they got to the playoffs. But I think they kind of fed on what I think most people have called like a, a three team conference almost last year, and it almost is shaping up that way a little bit this year. It, it will be tough. However, I don't think the Packers, from a roster perspective, are necessarily outclassed, but I do think they would have to kind of put together a run where kind of just, you know, they play. Obviously, they all play well, but they'd have to, I think, get a couple breaks. Not that that couldn't necessarily happen, but right now, I think Philly, Dallas, San Francisco is just, it's a tough gauntlet to run through. Yeah, man. They, you're right. Philly, Dallas, San Francisco. My goodness. San Francisco at the top of the heap, but Dallas is defense. And, and dude, I, I got to be real, man. I'm I'm so happy for Coach McCarthy. Like, I want him to succeed. If Green Bay doesn't doesn't you know put themselves in a position to make a Super Bowl run, I'm a closet Cowboys fan because if McCarthy gets that other ring, Tim, he's he's going in the Hall of Fame, dude. Yeah, I think so. And and you want to see him do well. Um, you know, it him taking that year to kind of gather his uh, collective thoughts and reassess his playbook and you know take a new approach and i think you know you got to give credit to jerry jones down there and yep. you know he clearly he trusted his gut bringing mike in and uh i mean he did he, he turned that that team around relatively quickly so uh kudos to coach mac definitely we're gonna end it with goose's comment here he said i wish the runners would slide into the sea <laughs> <laughs> Very well yeah. said. Oh, Very well said. I got to hit you with one of these. Ah, take it down. <laughs> yeah, we're we're out of here. That's that's. that's there, there's no way we can top that. Uh, Doug, of course, agree. Clayton McCarthy was always pure class, man. Seeing him tear up, talking about Jordy Nelson and Josh Sitton going to the yeah. Packer Hall of Fame. That was absolutely yeah. awesome. Can't wait to see him come back. And he still lives in Green Bay. That's what's great. Like he's still got a house in Green Bay. Loves Green Bay. Um, yeah, it's just a. Uh, one of my favorite all-time coaches. Love that big guy for sure. Yeah. All right, we're going to get out of here. I want to give a special thanks real quick to uh, the Super Chats tonight. United Bates, Josh Martin, Mike Hebring. Thank you guys so much for supporting the stream. Everybody in the chat, um, you guys brung the thunder like you always do. You you are what makes this show. You keep me laughing, and I'm telling you, every episode I learn something from somebody in the in the chat, and that's what makes this thing great. That's what we're all here for. We're, uh, we're here to talk ball and learn from each other and uh, continue to build momentum in that direction. And, hey, let's go down there and get a dub this weekend in Atlanta. But we're going to be back tomorrow. we got the great Paul Brettel coming on with us. He's going to give us some insider information there, uh, what's going on at practice, what's going on with the injury updates, all that good stuff. Looking forward to talking to him. Tim, thank you so much for your time. I want to say uh, thanks to Jake for you carving time out of your schedule, buddy. Uh, Jacob, obviously jumping on here for a bit, didn't think he could make it, but he made it in-house. Thanks to the callers. Uh, Emilio, Carly Ray, you guys are awesome. Um, for those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go pack up. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one goes.